Hello and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. How are you this week, paranormal peeps? I'm great and I'm very excited because I've just written an article for Paranormality magazine about the paranormal person himself, Mr. Dave Schrader. So that will be coming out on the podcast this week. You will also be able to listen to it on the Paranormality magazine.com website and also you'll be able to have a look at my article in Paranormality magazine. So it's all good. Today I've got an interview with a very interesting paranormal investigator, a young man by the name of Dan Callahan. He also works at my haunted hotel at the weekends. So let's hear what Dan's got to say about the best way to investigate and get evidence of those ghosties. So snuggle down, get a tot of something hot and fiery, and let's have a chat with Dan. Welcome to the podcast, um, Dan Callahan. Yes. Uh, a fellow paranormal investigator. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, and so it's great to talk to you. My first question is the question that I ask everybody, and it's probably one that you expect me to ask, which is, how did you become interested in the paranormal? The main thing that got me interested was when I was much younger, I had some experiences. Um, I was very sceptical. Um, so I had a friend at the time who kept telling me, such and such had happened and such and such had happened. And I was very much like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And one night I got this message that said, can you please come over because stuff keeps happening. So I was like, you know, me being me, I was very skeptical, you know, eyes roll. I'm on my way, you know. And um, I literally went into the living room and I'd been there about five minutes and I can only describe it like, a bulldozer coming through the kitchen next to the living room. Wow. Um, I got up and I, I rushed into the kitchen. I genuinely expected to see, like, the washing machine in the middle of the room or something like that. Um, no, everything was stock still. The door was locked. I could see the keys weren't swinging, so I thought no one's come in. Um, yeah, it intrigued me kind of ever since that night. I was very okay, that there's something not right here. And were you ever interested in kind of like paranormal shows or anything before that? Or would you say that that was like the start of everything? It was, you know, I used to watch Most Haunted very regularly. Um, it was kind of back at that age, you know, when I was kind yeah. of early 20s, late teenage years. That was the thing that everybody watched it. In fact, it was pretty much the only thing really then. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, so I used to watch that. And, you know, I think that kind of tied in a little bit to me thinking that maybe my friend was kind of imagining it. You know, when you watch something and then afterwards you're kind of like, what was that? What was that? Wow. Um, so, so then... Um... What 
how how was it um, that you moved from there to then eventually being an investigator? What what happened in between? So I went down south. Um, so I had some family that lived down south, and we went into a couple of buildings down there, and. We went in more for interest at first, but then we realised very quickly there was a lot of unusual things, you know, that were occurring within these buildings. Um, I remember one notable location. It was called the Hospital Annex. Um, it's since been demolished. And we were walking down the corridor and we heard like a dragon sound. And... What we noticed was that basically there was like a huge desk, if you like, where presumably a receptionist was. And it actually moved. And from that point on, I thought, right, I need to start looking into this more. We, we need cameras. We need equipment. We, we need to actually go to these venues with, with an objective. And then that's kind of how I went from that to actually actively investigating places. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to do that kind of urban exploring, but I think I'm too much of a scaredy cat. I think I've got this inbuilt fear of being told off. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of the same. <laughs> I mean, I can't run very fast or for very long, so. <laughs> I think I've been worried about getting a piece of glass stuck in my leg or something. Did you have to yes. climb in or did you get in quite easily? Um, normally we would go to places that were a lot of the time we actually had permission, but you know, back then on these venues, it, it was kind of accepted. I know nowadays it's a bit different. I mean, I am going in a week's time to an old hotel, um, with permission from the own, owner. I think kind of, as I've got older, um, I'm not quite as daring anymore. It's more of a, it's got to be on a permission term. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really wise, actually. In fact, some of the stuff that you watch on YouTube of these people going into places like in America or Japan and things, and you think, oh my goodness, what if you die? Nobody in the world know that you're there. That's the problem, isn't it? You know, they're, they're in the middle of nowhere. They've got unstable floors. And then you think, is there asbestos in here? You just don't know, do you? I know. So um, have you got any other experiences that you'd like to tell us about? Your Some of your most scary experiences, maybe? Um, I mean, a local venue to me is my haunted hotel, which I'm sure you're very aware of. Yes, I've just been interviewing them. <laughs> really? Oh, well, there you go then. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, that's given me some incredible experiences there. Um, kind of one of the, about November last year was kind of one of the first times where I had, uh, I would call it more intelligent experiences. Um, a lot of the things that had occurred previous to that were very randomised. You know, it would just be like something random. It wouldn't be on demand, um, so on and so forth. Whereas the hotel kind of unlocked a very intelligent side, which for me took things kind of to the next level. Um, it was no longer just a case of there's a noise or something appears to have moved or I'm sure I saw something. It was now okay, we're getting actual intelligent responses here to questions. Yeah. And that kind of frightened me a little bit um, because it was just a whole different level. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is quite incredible there, isn't it? I mean, when did you yeah. first hear about it? It was probably about July last year, I'd say. Um, I got made aware of it. I watched the show, popped in a couple of times into the downstairs bar, and I just kind of thought, I have to stay here. It has to happen. Um, experience it, you know, for myself, see where it was. I knew people who had been who said, you know, this place is 100% legit, you know, it can be very active, you've got to go. And I was like, yeah, I don't need much persuasion. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, can you remember any of the things that happened on your first night there? Yeah, so on the first night I was there, I remember we got the base room of room five where the dolls are. And we kind of went in there and we did a little bit of questioning straight off the bat and it just seemed very quiet. Um, shortly afterwards, we moved into room six and that was where things kind of started getting a little bit eerie. Um, we noticed the temperature just seemed to drop in a really short space of time. Um, and the K2 just suddenly started kind of going off on its own. And it was interesting because we'd been calling out for, you know, kind of 20, 30 minutes, nothing at all. Um, and it was when we were just having that, you know, a bit of a conversation amongst yourselves. Yeah. And I just spotted the K2 kind of light up and I said, is someone here with us? You know, and it lit up on cue. And the results actually was about 40 minute conversation with intelligent responses on this K2. Um, it was really interesting. And we established it was a female. She was from the 1700s. Um, she said she didn't like Charles. Um, she said that Charles doesn't hurt her, but he scares her. Yeah. Um, room eight was underway, but not yet open. But I know the Grace doll had been moved into the building at that point. Yeah. And what was very interesting was we said, are you afraid of what's in room eight? And it, you know, the K2 maxed out for about 15 seconds straight. It was like the most positive response, which was really interesting. Yeah, I, then, I found that really freaky because I think, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think that the first time I went there in November, I think the grey stall was already there, but they hadn't told anyone, which kind of freaks me out to think about now. <laughs> yes, yeah, just, just walking right past that room and. It was just, it was just absolutely crazy. And then what we noticed after about 40 minutes, we had a very distinct, I'm sure you've probably experienced it yourself in there. Knocks don't tend to be delicate in that building. They tend to sound like a cannonball's gone through the, the building. Yeah. That's really unusual. I have an AUX cable that's just started swinging. No, no joke. Oh, my goodness, you haven't brought something home with you, have you? <laughs> that is so bizarre. Wow. OK. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the picture falls off behind you, I know something's going on. <laughs> then something's definitely going on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we had, like, this really noticeable bang. It, it, the best way to describe it was, like, someone had dropped a bowling ball about two foot away from me. Um, you know, I felt the whole floor shake. I was like, wow. Um and we went downstairs for kind of like a short intermission after that had stopped. And it was Danny Moss said, 
we've noticed with female communications in room six that nearly every single time there is a very abrupt bang and that communication just completely stops. Oh, wow. So it's someone stopping them, you think? Yeah. So when we went back up to room six, we, we kind of had like a similar occurrence. Uh, I absolutely flogged that room to pieces with calling out with absolutely nothing. Um, and then just like before, we got into a bit of conversation, a bit of laughter. I think sometimes that can help. Yeah, the energy. And yeah, and exactly the same thing happened. And I asked if it was a, I asked if it was the female again. And it didn't light up. And this time I asked if it was a male and it lit up. And I said, are you Charles? And it lit up again. And interestingly, this time I said, did you stop the lady talking? And it lit up. And I thought, wow, that it's just so interesting. And I've had Katie responses before, but these were, uh, you know, when it's absolutely on the button, there's no questioning. Yeah. And you kind of word the same question in three or four different ways and it still gives you the same responses yeah that's amazing and, and um i'm just going to say for uh, I um I, I can't believe that anybody might not know but for our if people are listening in the usa uh, my haunted hotel is a hotel in chester and it's meant to be the most haunted pub in the uk and um people can book online to go and stay there and it's got um seven rooms because i think room seven is not finished yet that you can stay in and each different room has um different activity and so room five is full of dolls which is quite terrifying in itself isn't it yeah. um and then in room six there's um a pentagram painted on the floor with a rocking chair in the middle there's a chest a wooden chest that often makes noises there's um, an old uh, boom box, I think it's called, um, that yes. they found um, an old Bible page in, which was quite terrifying. Um, and on the walls between room five and six, there are often enormous bangs. There are knockings on the doors. There are um, the sound of footsteps walking up and down the corridor. In room eight, they have a terrifyingly haunted doll called Grace. <laughs> that you can visit and she's she taps on the uh, glass occasionally and speaks um and so nearly every single room is haunted isn't it dad it's just amazing yes i mean stuff's occurred in that building it's a free floor building and you know the downstairs bar you know multiple occasions there's been glasses knocked off surfaces um there's the haunted collection down there of course uh, very recently, Willow was caught moving. Yeah, that was amazing. Which was really cool. And I mean, she's a very rigid doll. You know, she just wouldn't move. And I mean, I know the guys even tried really hard to debunk that as well with vibrations. And yeah, that and, was amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And then the, the middle floor as well. I know Harry has said so much happens on there and there's been you know, doors open and close and the, the glass that come off the bar on the middle floor as well. Yeah. Um, um, while we were there, um, a vinegar bottle flew off 
one of the um, one of the tables in the bar downstairs. Um, wow, which was quite incredible. Um, yeah, and of course there have been um, audible voices heard, haven't there? DVPs. Um, people yes. have heard babies crying, men talking, all sorts of things. Yeah, I think what's really cool as well is a lot of the time there's been multiple people, you know, like on that middle floor, there, there was that really distinct baby crying. And you kind of see people from different ends of the building kind of meet in the middle looking so confused. <laughs> I, I must admit, that's one of the things that I, I really wanted to happen while I was there and it didn't was to actually hear a voice. Um yeah, it, it takes my mind back to a few weeks ago when Danny was in room five sorting out the sound and he heard a woman's voice go, hello. Yes. Um, and it really spooked him. And I just thought, I'd love to hear something like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, because he's such a seasoned investigator. And I think it was one of those moments where he was just caught so off guard. <laughs> Um, you know, when you're not in that investigation mode and, you know, you're just casually going about getting a few things ready and, you know, and then that happens. It's just incredible. Yeah. And um, and so you're um, working with one of the teams that work there at the moment, aren't you? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So I have uh, quite recently actually joined Afterlife and Spooky Events. So they host the Friday nights at the venue. Um, so they've got exclusivity, which is is really cool because we get to, you know, not only experience the building, but also see so many different faces coming in as well, which is just, it's really nice seeing different people and their styles of investigating. Um, and perhaps some things that you wouldn't normally see on your own, because obviously everyone has their own unique things they like to try. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, I, I've done quite a few there now. And some, some of the things we've witnessed it has been, you know, very good. We, we did an experiment in room five where we put a phone on the table in the brothel section on the middle floor. And we had the other phone in room five with us. And we were kind of calling out in the hope we could hear something from downstairs. Yeah. And uh, we did indeed hear the baby crying, which was really interesting. Wow. Um, we had Brett with us that night and uh, bless him. He, he was like, he kind of went to throw the phone and was like, it's not my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Um, oh my goodness. But like cooing and such like of a baby, it was so bizarre. It really was. Wow. And so but, which, uh, which room do you think is the spookiest besides roommate let's say let's take that out of the equation yeah so which one do you think's most creepy mm. see for me i always feel very freaked out in room three now admittedly i find most activity i've had has been in room five six and two yeah um but for some reason, room three, I've been in there a few times and I always just feel like I need to leave for some reason, despite not really experiencing anything at all. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. It is, that was the first room that I stayed in, room three. Yeah. And um, two really weird things happened when we were in there. Um, I was stood by the door because I just kept hearing somebody walking up and down the corridor all the time. And yes. they kept stopping outside our door. And I got a real bee in my bonnet about it. Um, yeah. So I kept flinging the door open and then there'd be nobody there. Yeah. Um, so it got to the point where I was stood behind the door waiting to hear something. Um, and I turned around and to talk to my friend Sindel. Um, and I actually thought that I had um, a big spider on the back of my neck. Now, I'm not scared yeah. of spiders. Um, and so I just sort of stood there sort of thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but as I stood there, it started pressing harder and harder. Um, oh. And then, and it felt like a really sharp fingernail was digging into the back of my neck. And it got to the point really? where um, Sindel said, are you all right? And I went, no. And I, I <laughs> moved away and it, it just felt like somebody was poking me in the back of the neck. And I, I stood there for a few seconds thinking, am I imagining this? Yeah. Or is it really happening? Yeah. Um, but the harder it pressed, the more I realised I wasn't making it up. And then that was quite freaky. Um, yeah. But it wasn't on the camera because I was stood directly under the camera. Yes. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, since they've had the black mirror in there, um, when I went, I looked in the black mirror, but only for about 20 seconds by myself. And it was um, the morning after um, and it made me feel really weird. And I took some photos and in the photos, there are loads of really weird faces, but really, re but really clear as if they were real people. You know, they're not pareidolia, yeah. they're, yes. they're real people. And my, um, I'm me up to my shoulders and then my whole head has disappeared and is somebody with black hair. Yeah, I mean, I've got pink hair, so it's really <laughs> spooky. It's really yeah. spooky. So I'd, I'd quite like to um, investigate that mirror. Yeah, kind of. I think that mirror definitely, since it's been in there, because we don't often we we kind of tend to cover certain areas with afterlife on the Fridays. Yeah, and then we give the guests kind of that free time at the end, so they can go around and obviously explore a little bit more and maybe go to places they, they thought were better during the evening. And, you know, when we were there on Friday, just gone, actually, we had a couple of guests who were kind of quite, you know, nervous, I guess, with that mirror. And they said, you know, I looked into it and it was like my face just changed. And, yeah, you know, so many people say this with that mirror in particular. It it's no longer coincidence. Yeah, there's something going on with it, definitely. Yeah, because you, you sort of look into it. You know, you, you're a bit skeptical. You go, "Oh, it's a mirror." You know. Yeah. I'll look into it, and I bet nothing's going on. And then you look into it, and you go, "Oh, I don't like it at all." Yeah. There's something not right about it. It has got something about it. Yeah, just a really weird vibe, isn't there? And, and then as you were saying, you know, actual physical images. I mean, I know, I think it was a good while ago as well, there was a photograph taken in that room. 
of a group and they saw a female in one of the mirrors, not the black mirror, but it was in one of the mirrors. I'm sure it was in room three. All right. And they didn't recognise that female as being anyone from the group. Oh, which yes, was... I remember that. And they showed a picture on the Facebook page of all the group and it showed that it yeah. wasn't any of them. And it was definitely, you know, nobody from that group. And it's something with mirrors. Uh, I definitely think sometimes that taking pictures in mirrors seems to reveal more than just taking pictures. Yeah, because it's like a reflection of a reflection, isn't it? It's almost like a portal because it's yes. the, the mirror in the camera reflecting off the mirror and it just creates yeah. a never-ending kind of vortex yes. or portal. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Re really bizarre, isn't it? Really bizarre. It is. Um, and so you told me you were going somewhere quite exciting on Saturday. Did you do another investigation somewhere? Yes, I did. So I, I did one down south. Um, it's a venue that I'd wanted to do for a long time called Skelton Manor. Um, unfortunately, it's not local. So it was a, it was a pretty long haul to get down there. It's about a five hour drive. Yeah. Um, but I've wanted to do it for such a long time. When I was kind of with family down south, it was a venue that was talked about, you know, kind of locally for a long time. Yeah. So I went down there and I kind of went with like a bit of a mixed kind of game plan, if you like, you know, a bit of the tech side of things and a little bit of the just natural me, myself and I, you know, and the venue, let, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and it was quite interesting when we were there because I did have an experience at one point right towards the end of the night where clear as day it was like someone had just put a hand on my shoulder but kept it there oh and I remember saying that there was a couple of ladies from from one of the other groups there and I said could you do me a really big favor she says yeah sure what's up I said I feel like someone's put a hand on my back could you take some photographs <laughs> just in the hope anyway nothing's shown up but um you know we had a little look round. And, um, you know, you mentioned that and someone else said, I had that feeling earlier on in the night as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and he said, interestingly, the very same spot as well. Um, and he'd actually mentioned it to another group that were there, which was really interesting. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was a good one. And um, a group did the human pendulum down there, which is, I've not got an awful lot of experience with those, but just a handful of experiences and um it was interesting because a complete and utter skeptic said i want to be the pendulum yeah because the first time it was tried you know the person was going backwards and forwards backwards and forwards and i think he was very much you know his mindset was i'm not having this i've got to have a go yeah and he did it and the first thing he did was, you know, utterly freak out. He was like, I, I cannot stay upright. I'm trying to fight it and I, I am actually being moved. Oh, wow. Which I thought was fascinating. And then he said about an hour later throughout the night, after this session, he said, what really got me was whenever somebody asked a question throughout the evening, it was like that human pendulum was still going on. Oh, wow. He said, 
I was like actually holding on to things because it felt like I was being pushed every time someone asked something all night, he said. Wow. Which I thought was a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, and then for the first time, I, I've never had this. So with the typical voice recorder, um, with some headphones plugged in, you can get that enhanced audio of the room. Yeah. I've never really had much results with that. So I ended up just passing it around. Someone else had asked, you know, would you mind if I have a go of it? Because they asked me what I was doing. Oh, yeah. I think that's the same one I've got. Yeah. The voice trace, a very good unit. Yeah. Um, so I said, yeah, I said, I don't mind. And she goes, you know, it, as long as you don't mind. I said, no, no worries. And... It ended up, to be honest with you, getting passed around just about everyone in the building, I think, over the course of the night. <laughs> um, but multiple times throughout that evening, people were saying they heard responses through the device, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I've never really experienced that with the voice recorder, but we we constantly had, we had the first lady, she goes, I've just heard clear as day. Yes. When someone had asked a question, and then someone else had to go a bit later and goes, "I've just heard a, a man say get out through these," and we were like, "Wow!" And I just thought, how unusual at this venue. You know, each venue seems to have its own activity, which is really unusual. Yeah. So is that? Were you? Do you record it and then put headphones in? Is that what they were doing? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the unusual bit. So this does record, and it was recording. And what I find so unusual is, but I think it was three people, sorry, were adamant they heard answers come through this. I got back and listened, and I cannot hear anything at all. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, three different people said, I've just heard clear as day, yes, or... And one of them was a notable sceptic, which I thought was really interesting as well. But it didn't record. Really frustrating. It did not uh, capture it. Um, I don't know how that works. You know, I've heard people say, I've saw something. I took a picture. It's not in the picture. Likewise, I've took a photograph. Something is in the image, but I didn't see it with my own eyes. Yeah, well, maybe they, they can choose to sort of reveal themselves however they want or not to. Maybe they can do it at will. I wonder that sometimes. Is it actually more that people actually hear the voice and it, it wasn't necessarily coming from the device? Yeah. yeah. It, it's very unusual. Um, I have had it with a K2 before now where... I don't know if you've ever had this, but it's almost like you think of a question and it's like, you will get a response from a K2 or a Rampod before you've actually said it. Yeah. And it's almost like something is able to read your mind, if yeah, that makes like any telepathy sense. telepathy or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that a few times before, you know, and I've actually challenged that and sat there and then, like, physically thought of a question and watched responses come through. Really unusual. Yeah. Now, um, you also, I might be putting you on the spot here a bit because you might not have it there, but um, there was something that you caught on your voice recorder, wasn't there? Yes. My horse at hotel, which you thought that you could just hear in the background. What was it? Yeah, so 
I left a voice recorder in room eight on Friday for the duration of the evening. Um, now, on the Friday nights, we don't typically um, go into room eight. We don't have access because, because Danny, Brett and Harry aren't there and it's not monitored. We don't take guests into there for that reason at this moment in time anyway. Yeah. Um, but what we did was we decided let's put a voice recorder in because, you know, her voice is, it's very unique, isn't it? Let, mm. Let's say that. And we thought, let's just leave it running all night long. And um, it was quite interesting because at this point in time, everyone was on a break. So everyone had gone downstairs to the middle floor. This, of course, was still in room eight. And you can hear me in the doorway on the middle floor talking to someone else kind of in the distance. And there is just this, this moment where you can hear a voice that sounds much closer and unlike anyone. And it kind of does resemble Jeanette. I will try and play it. Um, let's see if it comes through. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, that place again. That one. Oh, I think it's too faint for the. Is it very faint? Up. Yeah. Have you figured out what it might say, or is it really hard to tell? It sounds a little bit like. Um, I, you know, when you kind of think, "Am I making words out of something?" It sounds like a very lazy "shut up" to me. A little bit. Oh right, that's interesting. Interesting that. Um, I, I don't know. It kind of has that thing. I have messaged Danny, so yeah. whether or not he can perhaps, you know, listen to Rumi and then listen to the corridor and maybe isolate where exactly it did come from. Yeah. That would um, be quite funny. I just imagine the doll in its case and you're all trumping around on the corridor and it's going, shut up, I'm trying yeah, to get literally. some rest here. <laughs> and I just thought that was really interesting because, I mean, we, when we put the voice recorder in, we, we did kind of have a very brief session in there, um, but the guests were kind of due to arrive, so we, we needed to kind of get out, make sure it was all secured and locked up again. Um, and... Apart from feeling incredibly heavy and depressive in there, yeah. we didn't get anything with Grace that night. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. And so I saw on your list of things that you sent to me, there was one particular place that really sparked my interest because it's a place that um, I'm hoping to go with my paranormal investigation group, which is 30 East Drive. Yes, yes. So tell me all about that. What was it like? I know some people go and have amazing things happen and some people go and nothing happens at all. So what was it like when you went? Yeah, it was quite active. Um, on I went twice, actually. Um, oh. The first time was relatively quiet, but the second time was quite active. Yeah, And I'm told that it tends to be very one or the other. There's, yeah. there's very little middle ground there. Um, but when we were there, we had some interest, actually. We popped some cat balls on the stairs and we put them in the middle of the stairs. Yeah. 
And it was more so because we'd heard footsteps on the stairs earlier on. So my stance was the vibration should be enough to trigger these in sequence was what I was thinking. Yeah. So I thought if we hear footsteps, we can kind of rush to the stairs and hopefully we'll get to witness these three cat balls, one in the middle, one at the top, one at the bottom, maybe light in a sequence, which would be yeah. really cool. Um, no, what we did experience though was both of the cat balls ended up at the bottom of the stairs. None of us heard them fall. Um, I remember we walked up and we saw them and they were all there. And when we come back down, we like noticed one of them was at the bottom of the stairs, but it was flashing at the bottom of the stairs as well. Oh. Um, so that was kind of one thing that had happened. Um, another thing as well, we had a couple of occasions where people were convinced they'd put something somewhere and it had moved you know, to a different location. Something I'm told seems to occur quite often there. People will say, you will put something on the kitchen side and it will just disappear. Yeah. Um, and you will find it somewhere really random, like on the stairs or, you know, in another room. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. And as well, we had um, some really cool on-demand K2 responses in there. But what was really nice was I got a little bit, I suppose a little bit cocky, if you like, because we had the cater and we had a REM pod in the corner. And I said, you're going to have to do better than the K2. Can you not set that device off in the corner? A bang on cue. It went off. Oh, wow. I was just like, oh, wow. OK, so we've got two different devices now. Um and then someone else who was with us on the night then set up a second K2. And we had a session where we said, can you set that REM pod off? It went off. Can you set that REM pod off? It would go off. And then we actually asked as well, bearing in mind, these must have been a good 12 foot apart. So it would have been impossible for a human, you know, to reach that far. Yeah. Um, we said, can you set them both off at the same time? And interestingly, they both went off at the same time. Wow. Which I thought was really interesting because that would be, at least for, you know, a physical human, that is impossible to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a real eye-opener and some interesting vibes. I definitely think we all have that ability to feel a venue sometimes and you definitely walk into a venue, I think. I'm sure you'd agree and just kind of go, something's not right here or the atmosphere is yeah. not right or it's changed yeah yeah I did wonder because it it looks very much like it did I think back in the 70s doesn't it it's very sparse but yeah it always looks and I don't know if it's just how programs show it it, it looks kind of creepy <laughs> it does yeah it just yeah it's just got a visual it looks so normal but so abnormal at the same mm. time yeah, yeah, I'd love to go there. It's definitely on our list of places to go. And yeah. um, where where have been some of your other favourite places that you've been? Um, other favourite places? Um, I was quite a fan of the Regent in Blackpool. So that's an old 1920s cinema. Oh, yeah. That was quite an interesting one. Um, so what they've done now with it is they've basically turned it into like a vintage market 
So it's got all the original cinema, but on the ground floor is basically, it's stuffed to the brim with antiques, everything from clocks, World War II uniforms, you name it, it's in there really. It's a, a little, you know, trove of like history, if you like. Yeah. And um, that was a very interesting night. I had down in the basement, I'd gone down, I'd set up a couple of voice recorders and such like, and that was when I caught my first, what I would consider, quality EVP. Um, nobody heard it in the room at the time, but upon reviewing it later, we did. Um, we got a strong smell of tobacco, like pipe smoke down yeah. there. And we all noticed it. It was really thick and really heavy. And um, I'd asked, you know, if there was anyone with us, you know, is there anything, you know, that you would like us to do? Would you like us to leave? Would you like us to stay? Um, and we had come for the EVP report, uh, recorder, a very raspy man's voice. And he just kind of goes, help me, which was really creepy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish I'd have heard it at the time in some way. Yeah. So we could have perhaps, you know, questioned a bit more. Wow. Um, and the old projector room as well upstairs. We went in there near the beginning of the night and just had a little look around to get the feel for the venue. And again, when we went up there later on, this really distinct smell of pipe tobacco up there, which is really unusual. Yeah. But the whole vibe of the place was just fascinating. You know, the cinema itself. Um, and there was some experiences amongst multiple people in the building that night. Everything from being touched, people saying, I could hear like a whisper in my ear. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an unusual place. Ooh, I'll have to put that on my list of things, places to yeah. go. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's a brilliant place. I think it was a bit challenging because it's a very tight venue in a lot of places. So it's hard when you've got big groups, but if you can go in like a smaller group, it works really well there. Yeah. I did. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that venue. And um, Stanley Palace is another one in Chester. I've had a few few experiences in as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that's another venue. Um, it seems to be more visual phenomena and audio. Um, there are a lot of footsteps in there which I've caught on quite a few occasions. Oh, wow. And um, I, I presume that there'll be loads and loads of haunted places in Chester because the buildings are so old, aren't they? Yeah, it's quite well known. I've heard of um, a few places which uh, so far don't seem to offer any kind of paranormal experience. Um, I've heard a lot of stories from probably four or five different pubs within Chester of things that have happened over the years. But it's just a shame because you just can't get into them to do those investigations. Yeah, it is hard, especially um, if they do kind of B&B &B stuff. We've got um, a place in my hometown um, here, Chichester, um, and there's a pub that's meant to be the most haunted place in Chichester. Um, yeah. I, I've asked to go there loads of times, but they've said, well, we can't because we've got, you know, we rent the rooms out and we can't have a load of people traipsing around 
do yes. investigations. So it's really hard actually sometimes to get places. Yeah, you, you can find a really good venue, but you just can't get in there. And I think as well, a lot of pubs and such like, you know, my haunted hotel is quite lucky because it works because of the free floors. Yeah. But so many of them, I think they're so noisy. It makes it very difficult until kind of very late on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that I've found with some venues is, you know, they'll offer something, but you kind of think, you know, they don't close until 2 a.m., for example, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it a very think, long you know, night. <laughs> yeah, isn't it just? Isn't it just? <laughs> um, so one question that I do like to ask people is, have you got any theories on what ghosts and spirits are? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> are they dead um, people or is it something else? I definitely believe it's people. I definitely believe it's people. Um, although that said, I've asked, you know, is there a male and got no response is there a female no response are you something else and i've had a response mm. and i think you know okay then that that's very interesting but then likewise i kind of think to myself you know that lady at my haunted hotel who said she was from the 1700s she's been there for hundreds of years if that's the case yeah um yeah it's very interesting isn't it? it it's it's a really tricky one but i definitely believe they're people um or is there something else i think quite possibly yeah yeah i think there's probably a lot more things than we know about i don't think it's just one thing i think i'm with you on that that yeah. it is it's many different things yeah um certainly I, I do think that spirits of people do come back and communicate yes um, but i yeah i don't think it's all it's all that which makes That's it even it. more scary <laughs> yeah very much so <laughs> <laughs> um have you ever been interested in any other aspects of the paranormal, like, um, I don't know, cryptids or UFOs, or are you just really interested in the kind of haunted ghostly side? I will admit I am an absolute lover of kind of the whole UFO scene and all all this Area S4 stuff that goes on. And, you know, I've kind of researched an awful lot about devices they say you know in time travel and so on and so forth <clears throat> but i've kind of always pursued just a more should can we call it basic paranormal yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do as after a while your mind starts to boggle doesn't it it really um, does when i started doing this podcast um and actually we're it's just about the second birthday of the podcast, hooray! Um, and when I started, I thought it, it was just going to be about ghostly things because that's what I was interested in from when I was a kid. But yes. then I started interviewing people 
and reading more things and then they'd recommend things and you go on Facebook pages and then my mind started going oh my goodness maybe this could be real maybe that could be real oh god and then the more I learned about stuff the more I was kind of open to all these things might be real um which is a bit crazy really I've noticed a bit of a spike lately in people kind of running spirit box sessions near things like radio antennas and such like trying to communicate with kind of otherworldly spirits yeah and so on and so forth and actually i've saw some really interesting evidence come from that as well and it really does make you think you know is there this whole new element yeah and then sometimes it, you think you just, I just have to stop thinking about it for a bit because my, my head's hurting now. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, isn't it? It's just, yeah. you know, it goes on and goes into such like a huge kind of segment. It becomes so hard to just comprehend how much could be involved in there. I know. And then you start listening to people like, you listen to some of the conspiracy theorists and you start off going, well, yeah, actually, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I suppose that could be a possibility. And then somehow your brain gets to a point and goes, nah, nah, that's a step too far. That's it. <laughs> and you just reach a, a brick wall and go, no, yeah. no, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, the other day I was actually, I kind of went into such a deep thought over, over something. And I was actually thinking of... Um, the Grey Stall. I was also thinking of um, there's Bob down in the downstairs bar at that hotel as well. Yeah. And interestingly, cloud. my auntie used to have the same teddy as Bob. Oh, wow. And she got rid of him because he moved. <laughs> <gasps> no. Which I thought was really interesting. He was called Fled. Now, I don't know whether that was the genuine name or just the name she'd given to the, to the teddy. Yeah. And she said, he terrified me. I saw him move on many occasions. And he said, so we got rid of him. And I remember like sitting there and I must have been there for about two hours thinking, why would a spirit attach itself to an item? Can it detach itself from an item? What would happen if the item became destroyed? It's so many questions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And do they use it as a place to kind of hide out and then they come out of it? Or, yeah. Yeah. That that was what I thought. And I kind of thought, is it because so much energy gets put into this item because there's so much much interaction with, I suppose, like a human-like, you know, a teddy or a a doll or such like, you know, people tend to like talk to them and carry them around. Is that why? Or is it yeah. because they look human? That's it, isn't it? It always made me wonder why. I mean, you know, there's been so many reports of dolls and so on and so forth. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people kind of say, I don't like dolls and I hate clowns. <laughs> it's, it's a really common kind of phobia, if you like. And, yeah. um, you know, lots of people have reported, you know, attachments if you like in particular to these items yeah 
And yeah, I just find that you can sit there for hours sometimes thinking of something to the point where you actually realise I cannot think about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's quite sad in a way because you sort of think, oh, I might never know the answer to all these things. And that's yeah. really, really annoying. Yeah. You know, or you will develop a theory of something and you think, I, I believe I've cracked this. And then you'll actually experience something that completely destroys that. And you just go, OK, back to the drawing board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's happened to me before. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. <laughs> so one of one of my um, favourite questions as well is, um, what's your favourite piece of ghost hunting equipment and why do you like it? Good question. I would probably say my favourite item is... I'm going to go with the trusty RAM pod. Okay. Only because they're not quite as effective as a K2. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've got obviously a bit of all sorts here, but... I love the K2s. I've had so many good responses, but as you know yourself, they can be so susceptible to phones in particular. Yeah. Um, whereas the REM pod, I've had a lot of intelligent activations with these and they're just not quite as affected by the environment as a general rule. So that's probably one of my favourites, I would say. Yeah. Um, very, very, very closely followed by the spirit box. Ah. I adore the spirit boxes as well. <laughs> you see, I think I might not be using them properly. I've got an SB11 and I've got an SB7. Yes. And I haven't heard a thing on either of them. And I think that's probably more my fault. I don't really know how to use them properly. And um, the instructions they come with are rubbish. They are terrible. Well, interestingly, um, I am exactly tips? the same as you. <laughs> oh, wow. Give me some yeah. tips, Dan. <laughs> I have the 11 and the 7, and I've had much more responses with the 7, actually. But what's unusual is I find some venues just don't seem to respond to them at all. You get nothing in the slightest. And then others, I can have a really good session. Um, a notable venue with a spirit box was Craig and Nose down in South Wales. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like a castle stroke manor house. And it was made into a TB hospital for some time. And that was a great venue because being in South Wales, there was no internet, no phone signal, and there was certainly no radio either. Yeah. Um, so we had zero contamination and we had on quite a few occasions um, some words, a bit indistinguishable on a lot of them and um, whistling, which is very interesting as well, coming through. Oh, right. Notable whistling in response to us asking, um, which was a really interesting one. Ooh. But I've, um I'm finding it hard with the SB11. I found the AM seems to work better than fm personally really yeah um i've actually got mine for sale on ebay at the moment so if anybody wants an sb11 mine has only been used twice and i have got no willpower whatsoever when i couldn't get it i mean it works perfectly well 
but there yeah. were too there were too many buttons. I just couldn't be bothered. I'm not a yeah. tink, I'm not a tinkerer. I like to switch something on and know how to use it. Um, I'll be honest. I've not had the eleven for long at all. I think it's been about four or five weeks. Yeah. Since I've had the eleven, um, it was quite handy actually because I posted and we we've obviously got like a, an afterlife WhatsApp group. Yeah. And I just posted a picture. Help. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and thankfully there's quite a few people in there who are very technically minded with you know and I, I think there's probably yeah. about three or four of them who have one so I was like can you show me when when I next see you yeah it just it just irritated me and then um, I had the SB7 on at my haunted hotel and yeah. um, we were sat down in the um, you know the middle floor the big table Yes. Um, and Brett was sat next to me and my temperature sensor just kept beeping the whole time. Um, yes. And I just handed it to him in the end and went, can you sort this out for me, please? Because it's just really annoying me and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I've had that so many times with the SB7, the temperature sensor just going absolutely yeah. crazy. I have actually got two new pieces of equipment, actually. Oh, go on, tell us then. Um, I'm sure I've got them right here. If that picture falls um, off, I'm gonna I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> I know. I actually um got shown these by a couple of the members from Afterlife, um, oh. by Sky, and and this one is a it basically measures the air pressure for fluctuations. All right. Um. So seemingly through a lot of scientific testing i think a lot of us have experienced a temperature drop um i know i certainly have but a lot of people are saying that scientifically there seems to be heavy air pressure fluctuations immediately before activity oh so um yeah i've yet to go. try it out but i have saw some of the other other people in the group used them and they seem very good actually yeah um, and then the second one is a, a little bit more simple, but it's actually um, a vibration sensor. Um, really, really sensitive. So it kind of gets like a baseline. And then when you can trigger it with obviously really light vibrations. Yeah. Is that good for footsteps and things? Maybe? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So it's good for like hallways and such like, because it's got the visual as well. You can kind of, you know, a locked off camera in like a certain location. Yeah. Um, it will um, pick up. It is very, very sensitive, actually. Just just the lightest kind of taps. Ooh. Can be a problem, of course, I imagine, in, you know, the hotels, like, for example, you know, there's obviously very long floorboards. So I think yeah. I'll have to be a bit careful. But, yeah, I've yet to try them out, but they do look very good, I've got to say. So I'm interested in trying them out. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about that. Um, so um, my final question to yes. you is, if you could go anywhere in the world to investigate, where would you go and why? Oof. That is a very a good question. One. <laughs> that's a really tricky one, that, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think I'll let you think about it while I'm waffling on. I really want to go to the Winchester Mystery House. 
which is okay. where uh, I think it's yeah um, the the Winchester repeating rifle was um, made by this lady's husband, um, yes. and it was used. I can't remember which war in America, and it killed thousands and thousands of people because it was the first uh, repeating rifle. So obviously, it could kill many more people. And yes. what, what happened was um, when her husband died, she felt like she was being haunted by the ghosts of all the people who had been killed by this gun. And so she built wow. this amazing, um, she added rooms onto her house. Um, and she said the ghosts were telling her to add rooms on. And it ended up being a bit like a, a kind of um I don't know, like um, like a haunted house where you would uh, you'd go down a corridor and the corridor would end. It would have like false doors and it would have yeah. doors that opened out and there'd be a 12 foot drop. And it was apparently to trick the ghosts. And I think she ended up with, you know, two or three hundred rooms in this house and you can go and visit it. And quite yes. a lot of paranormal shows have been there. Um, and they've had a lot of really good activity there. So that's one of the places I'd like to go. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible, actually. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I have a good watch. Kind of free thinking. One venue has cropped up very recently, and I'm really, really keen on going there, actually. And it's Holton Castle. Oh, where's that? Um, I've never been to I believe it's kind of up Liverpool, Merseyside way. But I've spoken to three different people who have mentioned that venue in like the last week. Yeah. Um, so one of them was saying they had um, like a really heavy duty industrial walkie talkie actually got thrown while they were there. Um, someone else was saying that a football was constantly getting moved from like, you know, parts of the, the room to other parts. Yeah. As if it was almost. They said it wasn't like it was kicked. It wasn't a sudden movement. It was as if someone was like walking behind it with a fan. Oh, and pushing it along, yeah. Yeah, just pushing it along really slowly. And, and they said it was really interesting because there was just zero breeze and it would go one way and, and then it was coming the other way. So, uh, yeah, and apparently it was just generally very active all night, you know, just little bits here and there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, heavy, like, industrial radio kind of getting chucked. Apparently, it come across the table. Nobody knows where it came from. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's got me interested because I've never really experienced what I would consider, like, really good poltergeist activity, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to have some things thrown at me to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just to experience it <laughs> yeah just to experience it it'd just be really cool oh wow yeah i know there's, there's so many places if money was no object i'd just think i'd spend so much time in the year traveling to places and, um, yeah that's it i mean it i know out. the u.s has got so many venues hasn't it across it as well yeah um and there's also meant to be and it's annoying me now because i can't remember the name of it there's um there's a hotel in Ireland um, and they reckon it's so haunted that they do a challenge, which is you can stay in this particular room on Halloween and yeah. if you can stay there all night without leaving, you can stay there for free. Wow. 
So I'd be really interested in having a go at that. That's a bold claim, isn't it? It is, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah. yeah oh, that'd and, be really cool. And a few Scottish castles as well that I'd like to have a look at. Yes. I think as well, I, I know somebody who's done quite a few of the Scottish castles and they were saying that, like, the Scottish accent is very strong, you know? Yeah. And uh, they said... Apparently, they'd heard a direct voice phenomenon in one of these castles. And he said, I've heard stuff before, but he said, I think because it was a Scottish accent, it sounded like more aggressive (laughs) (laughs) in a way because it told him to get out. And he said, and I don't know why, he said, for some reason, he said, the Scottish accent just sounds so much more firm and like you must listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I definitely I agree that. there oh well it's been really fantastic to talk to you Dan I'm so glad that you came on tonight yes same it's been amazing and um, hopefully we'll bump into each other at my haunted hotel yes I'm sure we will <laughs> so uh, next time I come up I don't know when I'm coming up next but I'll let you know and maybe we can meet for a pint in the pub or something that sounds like a plan that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, well, good good luck on your future investigations. And um, we'll also catch up maybe in a few months to see what you've been up to. That's okay. Brilliant stuff. That sounds good to me. But for now, thank you very much for your time. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Yes, I will speak to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Dan. That was a fantastic interview. And don't forget, folks, you need to send me your stories into Paranormal or What Podcast at Outlook.com. And don't forget to check out the new YouTube, 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 YouTube channel. Um, Just search up Paranormal or What Podcast. Okay, until next week, take care. And remember, together... We can figure it out. Night.